0: Seriously, Tick. What is the problem here? I asked for two simple things: pull up the fields, plant some goddamn mushrooms. If you will allow me to mansplain, your highness, the farmers are <laughs> hesitant because you're asking them to throw out food and replace it with uh. Inedible mushrooms. I got it. And mansplaining is a bad thing, Tick. Uh, I really love that clip. It's so funny. <laughs>
1: It is. It's ah, uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, Rizwan, who plays
0: Tick, is just hilarious. He's His great.
1: Comedic timing is
0: always perfect. We definitely have to find a way to get him on at some point. He's great. <laughs> right. So speaking of on, what are we on? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Physical Kids Weekly. I'm Clara. And I'm Danny. And this week's episode, episode three hundred three, is called "The Losses of Magic." So, before we dive in, I'm going to do a quick recap like we've been doing this season. Um, in this episode, Alice returns to her childhood home to hide out after her encounter with the lamprey, but it follows her um, having possessed Quentin's body. Uh, in Fillory, Elliot, Fenn, and Frey narrowly escape as pirates board the Muntjack. Finally, Katie enlists Julia's help um, to summon a demon and save Penny, who is on his deathbed. Unfortunately, they call the demon too late. Or do they? So, Danny, what did you think of this episode? Well, first of all, you forgot that Alice's dad dies. I was going to get to that. This is like a recap summary. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. Anyways.
1: (laughs) I really like this episode. Um, I don't think it's quite as good as the second episode of the season. Mm -hmm. But it's still very good.
0: It is a little more like... Uh, it's one of those ones that's, like, moving things along a little more slowly. Um, I also agree, though. I really liked it, and I thought the performances in this episode were really spectacular um, by everyone. When we get to the MVP, I'll talk about how hard of a time I had picking. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, um, what stood out to you? Um,
1: Well, I always like
0: uh, whenever they
1: happen to show kind of, like, relationships with people other Mm -hmm. than you know, the main cast. So I just love revisiting Alice's family just because they are so monumentally shitty. <laughs>
0: they really are.
1: <laughs> that it's entertaining. Uh, like, her dad is just as shitty as her mom. Like, maybe just... Of,
0: yeah, like, a different style of shitty. He definitely cares
1: about Alice more.
0: Her, I don't even know if that's true. I just think, like, her mom is aggressively bad, and her dad is, like... Like, passively bad, right? Like, he's he's the parent who is way too lenient and, like, doesn't he – do, he doesn't parent her because he wants to be her friend and her mom doesn't parent her because she's a child herself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with you. And one of the things I've been noticing um, – I've been noticing it for a little while, but I was talking to Lanier about this, to my husband, um, is how great the guest stars are on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we're so used to the to the regular cast and having them be so spectacular. Um, but I really noticed when we went back to Alice's family how how great and how nuanced the portrayals are by Judith Hogue, who plays Stephanie Quinn and... Um, the guy who plays her dad, whose name I'm blinking on right now. Um, I don't, his
1: name's Daniel, but I don't know who actually the actor is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like they're, I think because they're smaller parts, we tend not to notice them as much, but like, they are low-key great.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like the one-off guest stars are so hilarious. Um, like, like the demon that they summon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's really great too. And like, uh, very, I, th- I think what I really appreciate about that is he goes more like twilight zone than he does like full on horror flick. Mm-hmm. Um, which feels really appropriate for this episode. Um, so yeah, we should probably get into it. We should start our, our deep dive. Um, and I think we'll start, we'll start with the lamprey stuff. So the lamprey tracks Alistair childhood home. Um, there's more cat shenanigans though. Fortunately, no more cat explosions because that was super sad. Um, uh,
1: this cat, this cat looked like my cat, but I, I kitten, So I was like, please don't.
0: Explode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny and I have been talking about like whether we should post the texts that we've been sending each other as we're watching the screeners. Um, at some point after the episodes air, and in this one, I remember that I texted you as like at least the, at least it wasn't the Dobby looking cat who died. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently there wasn't a lamprey around at the time. <laughs> Just didn't like. Alice's family which fair. oh my
1: gosh that line I was dying where um her mom's just like well Carol's just you know
0: she's just a bit of a mess <laughs> something she's
1: like just that. a bit of a mess the cat can sense it
0: <laughs> uh cats do though uh, cats are great. really good at likes well except for yeah like I feel I think like both dogs and cats are really good at, like, sensing if you're in emotional distress. They have very different responses. Yeah. Dogs are like, let me cuddle you and make you feel better. And cats are like, let me scratch your eyes out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dobby will kind of, like, come up to me and reassure me, but then he'll just dip. <laughs> All
0: right. So, um, back to the episode. You were saying that it's it's always so interesting to see Alice's relationship with her parents. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I really felt that, too. Like, I... Um, I really love that they are awful, but like they they feel very real like even her mom who is so over the top doesn't feel like a caricature to me
1: no she doesn't she's just like one of those really dramatic people which I know plenty of <laughs> um, and I actually also love the way that they treat Quentin like like a son almost like. Mm. They treat them a little bit better than they treat
0: Alice that's such a thing too like if you have if you have a parent like that who um who is maybe more of a child uh, so much of the time like I feel like they end up like playing kids against each other or playing like if you don't if you only have one child they might play you against a friend yeah. And then, yeah, I liked Alice the whole thing with Alice's dad. And we should, of course, talk about the fact that he died, like you said. Because um, I think yeah, that's a really, yeah. that's a really big and kind of weird moment for Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like, she knows that she has to kill the lamprey. And, uh, I mean, I don't really feel like she has a choice there, even though the lamprey is, like, really trying to make it out to be, be a choice. But it's still her fault, right? Like, the fact that the lamprey came after her in the first place is her fault. So it's, like, the first time she's having to contend with the consequences of what she did as an ifin.
1: Yeah. So I, I do—I'm curious. So a lot of people think that the lamprey is um, that little girl that she killed last season, but that's mm-hmm. not the case, right?
0: I think it is. Um, I think is it? it is. Well, I mean, it, that's the lamprey's family. So, right. Like she killed the whole family of this particular lamprey. So I think it's a different one. But I do think that like that little girl was one of the lamprey's family.
1: Mm, okay. Um, it's like kind of slightly confusing because everyone's just like, wait, who's the lamprey? Did we see this happen?
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think, I don't think we got a name for it until, until later, until the finale
1: episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah um, And I think also One of the things that I liked about this That I thought was interesting So In that In the first episode With the great cock When he's like Naming what they all are He refers to Alice As the torture artist Um, And this is the first episode Where we really see what that means I remember being really confused About that in the previews
1: I wasn't all that confused Because I just assumed That he He meant like Stuff she did as a Niffin But uh, yeah, Elliot's very confused by it. He's just like, oh, you lost me.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like in this episode, it's it's actually pretty dark, right? Like all the way that she's talked about what she did to the Lampreys' family before has always been kind of cagey. And now she just kinda gets she, she just kinda goes out with it and she's like, Yeah, I just killed him for fun to like watch the pretty lights. Mm-hmm. And there's that, like, did you see in the episode when she when she does kill the Lamprey again and the lights come up, do you see like her mouth twitch? Mm-hmm. Still some niffing in there for sure.
1: Yeah. She definitely still is a little bit and I think that's that's definitely like a thing in the book. She's not quite human.
0: Yeah. Doesn't he say like her eyes are bluer or something like that? Or a different shape. Yeah. Of blue?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: They talk about it too, Quentin and Alice, in this episode.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: Yeah, so they talk about they talk about um, sort of their relationship and how being a Niffin changed Alice in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was, it was really interesting because they Alice especially has been avoiding that conversation um, since the finale, which I guess is only two or three episodes, but it still feels like a lot.
1: <laughs> I feel like in almost in almost every episode, she like keeps reminding Quentin.
0: Like, yeah,
1: it's just not the same anymore.
0: And some of that you see in flashbacks, but this is the first time that I think they they really faced it head on. Um, mm-hmm. And this the second time that I watched this when I was watching it, um, I really noticed how she's talking about how like he looks at her like she's the same person and she's not, and that's what's really hard for her. <laughs> Um, And I really appreciated that because I think there's, like, a, like, that is kind of a thing that you might expect somebody who's, like, a survivor of a really traumatic incident, somebody with PTSD, to feel. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to be around the people who were a big part of your life before because either they just kind of pity you or they treat you like nothing has changed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It's hard to be around, like, the same people after trauma.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so somebody was talking on on Twitter, maybe in the chat, about uh, how Alice's makeup and clothes are, like, a little sharper. There's, like, sharper edges to her um, in her fashion choices and in her makeup this season. Um, and I didn't notice... I, I don't know if I would have called it sharper in this episode, but I did notice that, like, her her lipstick is different. She has more, like, blue tones in her lipstick, whereas she used hmm. to wear more, like, brighter reds. Um, I, I don't think I
1: noticed of- that, because she rarely wears lipstick.
0: Yeah, but she she does in this episode, and um, you'll y- I'm sure you'll go back and watch it again, because you're you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you do, like, pay attention to that. It's more like a Margot color than... A, a standard Alice color. Um, interesting. But I thought that was like a really interesting touch. Uh, what else do I have about this? Oh yeah. We should talk about Alice's dad dying.
1: Yeah. It was slightly surprising just cause there's so much going on in the episode. And then I was just like, Oh wow. And then I, I was like, I wonder if she'd actually just like not done anything to the lamprey If it would have like, just left the body, like it said,
0: I don't think it would have. I think it would have like laid eggs in him. Yeah. And probably.
1: then, like, yeah. Then she could have cleaned them out like she did to Quentin.
0: Ugh, gross. <laughs> I guess that's true, but, like, I don't know. It depends on how far he got, how far the lamprey got with Daniel's body. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I really feel like this is going to be... Alice is a hard person to read, right? Like she keeps her feelings very close to the vest until they kind of explode out of her, which probably why she went niffing. Um, <laughs> but uh, getting very distracted by Dobby's butt, which has <laughs> entered the frame of our Skype call. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I think that this is a big emotional moment and one that she had no real preparation to handle. Mm-hmm and it's interesting to me in part because like in the background, we keep hearing things about Quentin's dad who was, who um, has been dying of cancer. Um, Yeah. And like on the one hand, you'd think that that would be something that could bring them closer together, but I don't think it's going to. Probably
1: not. Um, But I did think, the entire time that they were like, oh, we're going to cure Ke- Penny's cancer cancer plus, that I was just like, dude, Quentin's going to be pissed that they found a way to cure cancer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to go back to that episode at some point and have a, like, heart-to-heart over uh, the plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> she says quietly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it
1: was, it was a book that, was in the restricted library that uh, Marlene Matlin's character had to go out of her way to get. So
0: That's true, but didn't <laughs> he, like, talk to a magic doctor or something and they were like, yeah, there's no way?
1: He talked to her, his advisor, who I think had something oh. to do with medicine, and she was just like, she said that there's ways, it's just, like, restricted and dangerous, and um. that he was a good enough magician to do anything. Uh, you're remembering it, it better like. than I am, <laughs> but it was also it was also kind of more like it's something you could possibly do, but you probably wouldn't want to do because your dad wouldn't be the same.
0: Yeah, man, I, that makes me wonder what would have happened. Uh, well, okay, so let's. Uh, God, I have this saved for last. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on the penny dies discussion till later. Um, okay. But let's move on to the the second major plot point, which is the stuff that's going on in Fillory. Um, so, yeah, like, Pirates board the Munchak. They're holding Elliot and Fenn and Frey hostage, except for that they escape and, like, Benedict covers for them. Which uh, is what, hilarious. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask, like, what do you think of Benedict uh, pretending to be High King?
1: <laughs> I fucking love Benedict,
0: and yeah. I love the
1: actor who plays him, so... Um, It's hilarious. He's so not Benedict from the books, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It it was so funny to me because like, it seems like it's so transparent. Like how do the pirates not know that he is not actually the high king? (laughs) Yeah. But they do a good job with it. Benedict, you're great. You do not have a high king's bearing.
1: (laughs) No, I, I love, um, I actually really like the fillery parts. I think the best Mm. out of this episode um just because well i mean
0: summer just she's fucking just, amazing in this episode she's fucking
1: amazing <laughs> yeah uh i love when she uh gets introduced to the pirates and i call her miss destroyer and i just oh yeah
0: up. it was so perfect and you can see like the look on her face like yes that is what you should call me good job <laughs>
1: She also just keeps coming up with these hilarious, like, like curse words, basically. Uh, like, she said, son of a twat. I was, like, <laughs> laughing forever. Or oh, just when God. she calls them dickholes, and they're just like, dickholes? Did you just call us dickholes?
0: I wonder if, like, in the magician's writer's room, they just have, they probably do, like, an, a board full of post-it notes of um, creative curse creative curses <laughs>
1: they just have like one of those like uh like probability die and just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's they have like a d20 and then like one through 20 are like s- different synonyms for fuck <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or asshole what was it yeah. oh man ass trench ass trench so beautiful <laughs> that was in the last episode right In two
1: yeah mm-hmm. so
0: good <laughs> ass ditch was even I don't know if that was better or worse. It was like better in the fish out of water. Have you ever seen um Demolition Man? No. Okay, so first of all, you have to see this movie. Um, <laughs> brief side note: Demolition Man is this like movie from the early '90s with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Okay. Um and okay so uh brief plot it begins in 1996 um there's like all this crazy violence in L.A., um, and the character played by Wesley Snipes, who's, uh, his name is Phoenix, something Phoenix. um, He's, like, a psychopath um, who basically just, like, wants wants to watch the world burn, and he, like, recruits a gang of psychopaths to, like, blow shit up and kill people. And um, Sylvester Stallone's character is this guy, John Spartan, um, who... uh, is known for, like, taking out and catching hard-to-catch criminals, basically because he doesn't give a fuck and will, like, destroy anything in his path to do that. Um, uh, He catches Phoenix, but, like... Destroys so much stuff in the process that they're like, you're going to jail, and jail is being like cryogenically frozen for years and years and years. And so, like, when he comes out, it's in the future, and it's a future where um, this is like a long tangent. Sorry, guys. It's a future where um, like the only restaurant is Taco Bell. Like, even fancy restaurants are Taco Bell because of like monopolies. Um, and um, it's kind. Of, There's kind of the same thing. Um, Sandra Bullock plays this cop in in that like weird future version who is like. Like super obsessed with the past, but not good at it, and it's like exactly like the res- the um, the tick stuff. Like she keeps misstating mis- idioms, um, and uh, and curse words and things like that, and it's it, it's hilarious. I
1: love Sandra Bullock, so
0: yeah, you should definitely watch this. You would love it.
1: It sounds like a, an interesting movie. I'm not too big on Sylvester Stallone. My first thought when you were like action man and as well it has to be someone who's in the expendables so it is the main guy
0: it's i i promise you'll like this movie you don't have to like sylvester stallone to like this movie um it's it's hilarious um there yeah i don't know Everyone watch Demolition Man is, I like, guess, what I'm saying. Sorry. <laughs> we're both a little tired today. Okay, yeah. so Pirates, Board the Munch Act, that's where we were, and Hold Elliot hostage, uh, Margot, Ms. Destroyer, um, Benedict covers for them. Oh, and then there's this whole thing with, like, Tick revealing that he's a pickpocket and uh, stealing Margot's eye from the fairy queen, who, of course, finds out because she's the fucking fairy queen, and... Um, And then Margot decides to, like, squish her own eyeball rather than return it.
1: Yeah. I really like those scenes where she's basically like, oh, you're a queen.
0: Mm. Like, it's
1: like they're starting to get along a little bit, and then it's just like, nah, and then she's just like, nah.
0: Yeah, it's like they respect each other, but that respect does not mean that they're going to give an inch, right? Like, it just means... I feel like having... The fairy queen's respect just means that the fairy queen is going to use you in more awful ways because she can, like, take advantage of all that power. Uh-huh. What do you think of Candace Kane this season?
1: She is really great. Um, I still think the fairies are scary. Um, uh-huh. They're also just like, I mean, in there, it's a completely original plotline, obviously. There are no fairies in the books. No, <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, it's really cool. Um, it's kind of one of those things I go back and forth with. Like at first I really hated the fairies, mm. but I think I'm starting to like them.
0: Um, expanding on my theory from last time, slightly, uh, I was thinking about it more. And um, one of the things I was thinking about was how Frey plays into it. Cause I right, like in the books, the, daughter the, the character who like roughly corresponds with the daughter in the tales also has a daughter who uh like there's some weird shit with the way that she parents her daughter for sure um but that daughter um plays an important role in like facilitating travel between realms only in the books they go to the underworld and I was thinking like they're probably not going to do that because they've already been to the underworld but but Frey, Maybe to the fairy realm Exactly. I could totally see Frey like being their passport or creating their passport to the fairy realm.
1: That would be interesting.
0: Yeah. See, I'm right. I'm totally sure of it and then I'm going to be like totally wrong, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay. Can get someone to write you like an epic uh fanfic of what could have been
0: I've gotten so I posted I post the podcast on reddit and um I had like a whole bunch of people there okay like three people there (laughs) be like uh tell me more about your theory and I was like I can't spoilers Yeah, I'm into it. Oh, which by the way, uh, we, I don't know if this will be out by the time that we are trying to record the other one, but we're going to try to record a fan theory episode. So tweet us your fan theories and, um, we'll talk about them and try to include them. It should be fun. Yeah. So what did you think about the fact that Margot like squishes her eyeball? Um, it was pretty gross. (laughs) Uh. I mean, that's true. It was really gross. It was a really boss
1: move, though, of course, she's just like, you know what, I'll never be able to see out of this eye again, but at least this bitch doesn't get to spy on me anymore. Mm. Even though the very queen will find a way, I'm sure.
0: I feel like that's also, like, a thing that that Janet and the books would do. Like, it felt like a real, a, a, a place where they really aligned.
1: Yeah, I feel like the longer that she's in Fillory, the
0: more, like, Janet she becomes. hmm yeah, the more, more Hillary Clinton she becomes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I do love the moment, though, between her and the pirate king, who's oh, a woman. yeah.
0: Who is a very beautiful woman. Very <laughs> beautiful woman. Definitely um, into Margot.
1: <laughs> yes. I was, like, kind of slightly disappointed that that went nowhere.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it's too bad she couldn't take on uh, the Pirate King to become her personal High King.
1: Yeah. I don't know where that
0: metaphor was going. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little sad that it went nowhere. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because I thought this was so beautiful and um, just fascinating. We get the first real glimpse of the sort of personhood and humanity of the Munchak in this episode. Um, because the, the pirate's boat is also a deer class ship and like the pirates basically ask Margot for permission to have their boat rape the Munchak. Um, and there's this really touching conversation between Margot and the Munchak, like the heart of the Munchak where she, she asks like, are you okay with this? And says, like, I could just command you, but I I can't, basically, because of the sisterhood. Um, I thought that was so interesting and so beautiful. Um, I don't know. Did you like it?
1: I liked it. It was very interesting. I was like, there's always always things fucking in this. Like, uh, first we have books, and (laughs) now we have boats. Um, (laughs) Magic. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah but I, I mean I think we're gonna see I don't know about you but I think we're gonna see more Of the like boat As person as the season Goes on probably I feel like uh, It has to happen
1: Well cause like I don't know if it's because of the key but like The, the keyhole like randomly appeared mm. And I like Wonder if that has to do with the boat Or Or if that's just like key magic I don't know
0: yeah I don't know that I don't know what's going on with the key magic i actually i've I've been super curious about the first key um, what is the first key's magic that's that's what I mean, right? like so this is this is the only key we have this first key uh, <laughs> and it's the ram's head, but we don't really know what it does yet. We just know that it's a key well, well I mean I guess we know that we know that maybe. I guess we don't know if it's the munchack or if it's the key, but like it does seem like I'm inclined to think that it's the key that creates the keyhole and lets them out.
1: Probably. I'm curious as to what that key is though. Um, well, let's see. What does it do when they hold it?
0: I don't think it does anything except for like give them that sort of rush feeling.
1: It has to do something because I mean like the guy who had it before the, the, friar friar father 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 whatever the priest guy from the previous episode
0: oh father poe
1: oh you're okay, right father.
0: he used it for the illusion work mm-hmm. yeah we'll find out
1: <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that there will be a, an answer to all of the keys um yeah and what they represent do you have a fan theory um, I have a couple, but I feel like I can't discuss them because they involve oh, all the episodes. episodes that we have seen <laughs> that no one else has seen.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we'll come back to that then. <laughs> um, man. Okay, so anything else from the pirates and the Munchak? Um Or the fairies?
1: The Johnny Depp line was really funny.
0: Oh, what was that line? Did you copy it down?
1: I didn't copy it word from word, but um, it was basically just like she was saying, like it's, and this was um, Margo. Margo saying that uh, it was slightly cute and adorable in a Johnny Depp sort of way, but also kind of fucked up in a Johnny Depp sort of way.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I liked that a lot. Was that when she was talking to the munchak?
1: I think so. I think yeah.
0: So. Because I think she's talking about like how her image of pirates was not exactly what she, uh-huh. what reality was,
1: and it was like they just always have like such fresh commentary, and I feel like it's kind of like exactly how a lot of people feel about Johnny Depp so <laughs> currently.
0: Yeah, definitely. Literally. Some. Oh, I was watching. Um, I was watching The Good Place today, and um, oh, so good. Yeah, have you seen the most recent episode?
1: Um, when they go to hell no. Unfortunately no. Okay.
0: Well, I won't spoil much, but like the very first scene when they go into hell, they're like in a subway station or something like that, and on the wall is a poster for Pirates of the Caribbean 6. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. Okay. I'm so, sure,
1: I'm sure Kristen Bell had a hand in that one.
0: Yeah. Oh. Also, uh I won't spoil it by saying the role, but Dax Shepard is in that one too. So, <laughs> Ugh.
1: I love, I love Dax Shepard. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so let's move on. Penny dies, or does he? Uh, So, yeah, were you expecting this?
1: Mm, Kind of, sort of not. I don't know. I was like, it was one of those, like, I'm shocked that I'm really not at the same time.
0: Yeah, like, maybe how it was done was surprising? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of
1: like, this fool's going to die. Like, he does not have long on this <laughs>
0: earth. <laughs> yeah. The, I thought it was pretty bold for Katie to ask Julia to help her summon a demon.
1: I don't think so, because Julia yeah. owes her and she knows it.
0: So, okay. So, I want to ask about that. Because, like, do you really think that Julia owes Katie as much as Katie seems to think that she does? Um,
1: Yes. Kind of. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of fucked up to ask Julia to summon a demon because, I mean, the last time they tried to summon something, it didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're always in this constant fit of owing each other something, and I feel like that's just Katie's character. Mm. Um, she's always going back and forth between owing Penny something as well. Yeah, so.
0: it's very transactional in her relationships. Mm-hmm.
1: But Julia, Julia cares and wants to repair that relationship with Katie and somehow, so.
0: I guess that's the thing, but I feel like, I I really don't feel like she actually owes her anything, right? Like, I mean, she owes her, like, in the way that friends always owe each other, right? Like, just that, like, be a good friend. Um, And I think that, like, I think that Julia would do it out of wanting to be a good friend and wanting to help Penny, who is such a good person anyway. But, like, I feel like Katie really took personally the fact that Julia didn't kill Renard um mm-hmm. and i mean on the one hand i understand that because he also tried to kill her and did kill like all their other friends but it really does feel to me like it should be Julia's decision and that
1: like i just i mean she made it her decision she kind of was just like either you help me or you fuck off um and Julia just Probably isn't going to say no to that, but Katie kind of killed Senator Gaines and feels very, very fucked up by that, I think. And I think that's where her anger comes from, because it's like, why did this have to happen if we didn't kill Reynard?
0: Yeah, and it is it is very understandable, but I think that Gaines would have... I think he would have done that anyway, because he didn't want Reynard to have power and he definitely didn't want to like become Reynard. I think he saw that like that was his only real option was like if he if he stayed alive and he kept being who he was and Reynard kept trying to recruit him I think he felt like maybe eventually he would give in to that
1: yeah very sad existence for him yeah I was <laughs> finding out I just I feel I miss that character. I feel like there's so much more we could have found out about him or gotten to know.
0: Well, who knows? Characters do seem to have a way of uh, coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring um, him back, pistol. <laughs> I don't yeah, a possible. But <laughs> So, so while we're on that point, should we talk about the fact that like Penny dies, but he's there's he like watches his own death? So like, what that what's that about?
1: <laughs> that was. Funny at first because, like, he was he uh astral projects, and then he's like, he's like, no shame, bro. The like demon oh, guy, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which, let's be real, if I could, uh, if I could astrally project out, I guess that's kind of just what dissociation is, but like, if you can like get out of that kind of severe pain, I'm pretty sure I would.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I
0: would. So, like, all we really know is that all we really know about, like, Penny state is, like, his body is dead and some probably astrally projected version of him says shit. And that's, like, all we see. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel like, like, if they bring him back, yeah, how do you feel about that? Especially since they, like, kind of did that with Alice last season.
1: Um, It's, like, on one hand you want it because you don't want to not see Arjun. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, it's kind of just like, do deaths ever stick?
0: (laughs) Only for cats.
1: Yeah, that cat can't come back.
0: And Marina's cat, too.
1: I was like, that's why I was like, do you guys hate cats?
0: (laughs) There was somebody put like a really aggressive thread on Reddit about that.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've seen a couple. It's They're just like, I don't know why they pick on cats.
0: They're probably dog people, but I honestly, I think it's probably because they had a cat in the writer's room for like large portions of writing last season. Did they really? (laughs) Well, Rupert Chatwin, Trogdor, whatever. You remember these pictures? Like the cat that like wandered in and they kind of adopted.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I forgot about
0: that. I think that's probably it. I think they were probably like, hmm, we need something to to uh, be an early warning system for the lamprey. Oh, hey, look, a cat. <laughs> I just assume that everyone, no matter how professional they are, is just as distractible as I am.
1: <laughs> Potentially.
0: So, yeah, like, I also hope that we get to keep seeing Penny in this season because I love Arjun and... Uh, Because I think that he's, I think that Penny's character has like really interesting things have happened to him. He's developed in interesting ways. And especially because he's not a character who like, he's not in this part of the books. You know, I've been super interested in seeing where he goes this season. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. that we had an episode that had a lot to do with him. And I I do hope that we have more. Um, What's my last thing on here? Oh, Oh, this isn't really part of Penny's arc, but Julia gets a creepy message from a stranger in this episode. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, the, like, hobo lady.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you is going
1: on there? Um, uh, I'm assuming it's, like, a message from a god. Yeah. Do you think Particularly it's... Particularly probably Our Lady
0: Underground. Yeah, that was my assumption, too. Um, and it's probably related to the fact that she still seems to have magic.
1: Does she have any moments like that before, like, demigoddess reveal in the books?
0: Um, well, no, it's done differently, right? Like, in the books, it's more about how she changes, and that's mm-hmm. more about her, like, having lost her shade. And in the show, right, like, she gets her shade back, and that actually seems to be the, like, catalyst for whatever is happening to her now. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think it's different from how it is in the books.
1: It's definitely different.
0: (laughs) The one thing I always remember is the story of how, like, Elliot and Janet met her. That this is told in the third book. Second book or third book? Don't remember. Um, (laughs) Wait, which part? Right, when they, like, meet her at that weird resort, that fancy resort where they're, like, hanging out.
1: Um, that's in the second one where they're like oh yeah this is how we met julia
0: right right so okay so in the books um after the after the after they kill the beast in fillery everyone kind of like goes their separate ways for a little while and like takes a takes a moment to chill away from magic um and Janet and Elliot go to a fancy resort in like Montana or something like that. And happen to run into Julia who is like this, I I think they describe her as being like basically like super goth and emo and full of drama, which is why Elliot is instantly like, I need to be friends with her (laughs) because she's so full of drama. Um, but the scene that I'm thinking of is uh, he, like, walks past her room at some point, And I think the window's open and he sees her. And she's, like, trying to burn some stuff in the fire. And I think – did he say that she, like, crawls into the fire? She just, like, gives up and, like,
1: lays on top of the fire or something. And he's like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah. Um, so, like, it's that kind of stuff that is more how we see her – how we see things unfold for Julia – um, in the books than this, but I think it's really interesting.
1: Well, she says many times that she's pretty sure she's not quite human
0: anymore. In the books, so
1: yeah, in the books,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like. um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's an indication that all is not yet lost on the uh, on the book front on on Julia's arc in the book front. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so th- those are the big things I have. Did you have anything else for the episode? I know
1: I made a note about how Quentin just, he does so much for Alice, like, mm. he still cares about her so much. He really does. And it just makes me sad for him.
0: Though also, right, like, it's funny because... She So she knows this, right? Because when he shows up at her house and she's like, what the fuck? Why are you here? And he says, your cat exploded. She's, she like gets at him for following her. But also it seems like she kind of expects that, right? Like it's not really a surprise that he would come follow her and make sure she's okay. And of course it turns yeah. out that's not what he's doing because he is in fact infested with a lamprey. Um, Which Jason's always incredible at being possessed. So. Oh Yeah. Uh the weird creepy neck stuff freaks me yeah. out. I have like weird shit about my throat already. I don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah. I like that line that the Lamprey says when he's when he's um in Daniel's body about how like it's weird the things that you can sense when you're inside someone and he talks about knowing that like Quentin is still in love with Alice and I mean he also talks about knowing that like Daniel has a heart condition. Um, Mm -hmm. but I kind of wondered, like, I mean, Alice clearly knows that, but it seemed to give her more, it made her more empathetic to Quentin. So I think like in that moment, she stopped seeing it as just a problem that she had to deal with and started to see it from his perspective a little. Yeah. Okay. Fashion.
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. So there wasn't a ton that I really noted in the earth side other than the saran wrap, which I guess is a fashion choice.
1: <laughs> I mean, they looked like alien, like like that alien look. Um, I thought they
0: looked like conspiracy theorists.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, like something like
0: that, like <laughs> aliens. Uh, it's so funny. Um, but also, like, it that can't be effective. If you can get in through skin, like, you can't leave your face and your hands open and be like, oh, everything is fine.
1: Yeah, that's what I was
0: like, uh... Um, I thought that was great, though, and, I mean, just so funny. um, And, like, a great way to, like, inject some comedy into a scene where, like, the characters are total straight men. Um, Because, like, nobody, except for Stephanie, right, like, nobody even questions it. They're like, yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah. Um... The other earth thing that I'd noticed was, um, Alice's blazer, that like quilted blue blazer that she's wearing. See, Mm -hmm. she's also wearing more blue. I gotta, I gotta like file this away. I think, I think I'm seeing a pattern. (laughs) Magali, I got my eye on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but in Fillory, there's like a lot of really great fashion stuff. So Margot's jumpsuit thing with the like lace skirt overlay. Mm hmm. I thought that was just gorgeous.
1: Well, that color blue just looks so amazing on oh her. She God. wears
0: it a lot. Yeah, and often with, like, a really, really bright, like, fire engine red lip color, I mm-hmm. noticed. There's also Fen's dress, which had the weird, like, Fen's dress, which had the weird hair collar. Did you notice that? The, like, collar made of, like, strips of hair? I didn't?
1: That's you sh- kind
0: of gross. Yeah, you should go back and look at it because it's fucking creepy. Um <laughs> and I didn't notice that it was hair the first time. And maybe it's not hair, maybe it's something else, but it definitely looks like hair. Like they look like it's definitely individual strands of something woven together and like forming half of a collar. Um so that was notable. Um Frey's outfit I thought was gorgeous. That like teal and brown, like reddish-brown jumpsuit thingy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was beaded or if, or like if there was leather in it, but it was just really beautiful. And I love the like sort of continued fancy warrior look that we're getting for her. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. It's kind of like reminds me of something like Jasmine over in like Aladdin or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that a little bit last episode, but it's, it's, it's really developing in an interesting way. And I think, I don't know. I want to know what it's going to tell us about her character. And I got both excited and cranky, of course, when Brittany told us that she couldn't tell us because it would be a spoiler. So, Yeah. Um, And then the Pirate King. The Pirate King is gorgeous and is wearing like all this um, like really highly constructed black. I thought you would like that because you always like the goth girls.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She looks good
0: so those are the big things i had and i have a note here um because for the last like all every episode this season i've been like anything else and you've been like julia's clothes are great so what did i miss about julia
1: <laughs> i feel like she's wearing like the same stuff she wore in the last episode so
0: okay so nothing new to nothing new I did notice, um, I don't know that it's like especially notable otherwise, but, um, Jade was wearing like a military jacket, um, in the scene where Penny dies. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I have that same exact jacket. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, well, Uh, that's all I have for fashion. Did you have anything else? I feel like that was a lot. (laughs) I don't think so. What'd you think of, uh, Elliot's weird polka dot blouse?
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm so used to his weird like (laughs) fashion that I just don't even question it anymore.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Let's move to MVP. Danny, who's your MVP this episode?
1: I, this is hard because they keep being more and more like ensemble based episodes Mm. that it just becomes harder and harder to choose one. I either have to go with summer or like, Judith, who plays Stephanie Quinn, <laughs> she's amazing.
0: You and I had, like, the same stuff down. So I, I, like, I wrote all this stuff about, like, how I love everybody. And, you know what I mean? I think, like, Olivia is great and Candace is great. And, like, everybody in this episode is great. But Summer is fucking amazing. Just, like, the things that she does with her face and her voice in this episode, I didn't think that we would end up, like, I, I felt like we'd seen so much range and growth from Margot last season that I didn't think we could possibly see more, but like there are some new levels of freaked the fuck out in this episode and she's still a boss and she's great.
1: I love how she does this thing when she talks to like her, her, um, Royal court that she's kind of just like, she, like, makes her voice really shrill. She's mm-hmm. like, ah!
0: <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking that, too, because uh, in that scene that we played at the very beginning, her voice just goes, like, up and up and up, and it gets more and more, like, squeaky, but not like a, it's not like a mouse squeak. It is like a, I'm going to punch somebody in the face squeak. <laughs>
1: yeah and then she does this thing where she like makes her voice like really like a valley girl for like a second
0: <laughs> what was that again one more like time
1: valley girl
0: oh my god, <laughs> oh, my god. <laughs> um then the other person you mentioned was was judith Hogue, who plays stephanie quinn and i talked about that a little bit already but i just think it's it's so hard to take a character who is unsympathetic as unsympathetic as that character is and make it seem like a real person instead of a caricature and yeah. she definitely does um I do think though I'm gonna end up giving it to Summer because she's fucking fantastic in this episode. She is. Um, and it's just it's it's hard to take your eyes off of her in the scenes that she's in. So
1: Yeah. I mean, she's like quickly grown to I think so many people's favorite character. Oh yeah. Uh a lot of the people I know who watch this show, like, they are obsessed with with Summer, so <laughs>
0: Um, well, you know how I feel about, uh, as you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So ratings, episode ratings, um, do you want me to go first? I, sure. Okay. Uh, so I gave it an eight out of 10, which I think is what we gave the last episode too. Um, I think this is really great. I don't tend to like the ensemble episodes as much as I like the, like, single theme ones. Um, But honestly, more of this is I really feel like I need to leave room for things to go up in this season because it's an amazing season and I'm excited by it. So, 8 of 10. Um,
1: Since it's not quite as good as the last episode, I think I'll have to give it a 7 out of 10. (laughs)
0: All right, that's fair enough. So, still a solid episode. But not the absolute favorite yet. Um, Mm -mm. Man... That's all we have. Do you have anything else? I don't think so.
1: I think I got through everything I wrote down.
0: I think this is a really fun episode and a really great one to watch. And I think we've talked it out. So listeners thanks for joining us again this week we love hearing from you so tweet your questions comments your wackadoodle fan theories to us at physical kids pod or you can find us on facebook it's the same handle um and don't don't forget to subscribe and rate us on itunes um i know i'm saying this a lot this season i'm going to keep doing it but the more positive ratings we get the higher we show up in search results and that makes it easier for other fans to find us so that's my spiel that's everything see you next week bye bye Mind slut. Getting very distracted by Dobby's ass trench. So beautiful. (laughs) Mm,
1: Kind of?